Howdy folks, and welcome to the tailgate. For those of you just joining us, we're on a road trip across America to uncover the mysteries behind tall tales, fairy tales, folk tales, fish tales, and urban legends, one interview at a time. We inherited a truck from our late Granny Mae and discovered that the crystal hanging off the rearview mirror was more than just decorative. It's a dowsing pendulum leading us to the good folks behind the tales we all grew up with. With that, I'm Harrison, the Florida man. And I'm Aaron, the Cheesehead. And today we are at the Atlantic coast in the oldest colonized city in the United States, St. Augustine, Florida. Home to a great historical fort, the oldest schoolhouse, a college with electricity installed by none other than Edison himself, more ghosts than our Wisconsin night at a Friday night fish fry, and even the fabled bubbler of youth. The, the bubbler of what? You mean the fountain of youth? Yeah, yeah, no, there's about a million fountains of youth in Florida, and ain't one of them uh, actually work, but... Before we get down to business, what are we drinking today, she said? Today's brewskis are called Galleon's Gold Ale by Ancient City, brewed right here in St. Augustine. It sports a light color and a zesty aroma. Hmm. Looks like a refreshing way to beat the Florida heat. Well, ain't that a tall claim. Alright, give me here. <clears throat> you know what? It lives up. It certainly does live up. But you know who lives below? Today's guest! That's right. Before we hit the hay last night, we put a note in a beer bottle, kindly requesting an interview, and cast it out into the big blue sea. We were fined $100 for littering. Eh, sure was. But hot damn if it weren't worth it. As a disclaimer, we do not endorse littering with the exception of reaching out to fantastical, mystical creatures. And let's be honest, Florida beaches are filthy enough without our help. Give a hoot, don't pollute. (laughs) We checked the beach front out this morning, and uh, lo and behold, found a return message washed ashore. It read, meet me behind the big rock. Make sure you are not followed. Yeah, a little cryptic there, but we beggars can't be too choosy. So here we are, currently back on the beach where there appears to be several big rocks. I wonder which one belongs to our mystery guest. a second cheesehead listen you hear that that strange voice like it's calling to me no no i'm pretty sure it's calling to me honey i I can't stop walking towards it that that big rock come to me man of land and to see beyond the sand i beckon you into the waves like a sailor to the grave. I, I want to turn back, but I can't. It's a siren. She, she's got us hooked to something fierce. Just take my hand, you're almost here. Just leave ashore your woes and beer. Hey, yeah, wait, 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 wait a minute, what? Oh, hell no. Now you listen here, little lady. Enough is enough. Yeah, taking folks' lives, that's one thing, but taking folks' beer? Nah, you done crossed the line, miss. <laughs> Don't hush with those crocodile tears. Man, let's take our beer and get out of here, cheesehead. She's just being salty. Well, she is from the ocean, though, so she probably can't help the saltiness. But, yeah, the waterworks won't work on us, young lady. We know you aren't really crying. What? Okay but, okay, but if you hypothetically were crying for uh, what reason would you be doing so exactly? It's just that the 
this was supposed to be my first calling. All the other mermaids in Siren School have passed their calling test and I can't even call a couple of drunkards to their deaths. <laughs> I'm never gonna fit in with the cool kids. <laughs> Always picking on me. Never inviting me to their reefer parties to smoke seaweed or, or to sneak up for a little harmless skinny beaching. <laughs> that sounds painful. Okay, well, first off, we weren't even drunk. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Secondly, killing folks ain't ethical. And thirdly, well, there ain't no excuse for bullying, and I'm terribly sorry the other fish folks pick on you. But that said, you don't want to be friends with them anyway. Sound like a bunch of douchebags. What, what are douchebags? <laughs> just, just something nasty. You're, you're right. You're right. They are nasty. D- douchebags, was it? Yep. And I am so sorry for trying to call you guys to your deaths with my alluring voice. I had been practicing all summer, but I guess thankfully for you, it just wasn't good enough. Yeah, you seemed plenty good enough to me right up until the beer part. Yeah, you two had a powerful unwillingness to give that up. Uh, like you might have a problem, but, uh, um, who am I to judge? Look, let's start over. Hello, I'm Crescendia, Coralfin. Again, I am so, so sorry about what happened just now. I am beyond embarrassed. Is there any way that I can make it up to you? Good to meet you two. Um, I'm Harrison, the Florida man, and yeah, Miss Coralfin. Crescendia. Uh, Crescendia. How about you start by not trying to kill us ever again? Uh, can do. Absolutely. And how about an interview as a token of good faith? An interview? You you guys want to interview me? Absolutely. And I'm Aaron the Cheesehead, by the way. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Aaron the Cheesehead. And shall ya? Of course I'd let you interview me. I'd be happy as a clam, too. In school... I may have been laughed at, but we'll be laughing now after I've become the mermaid ambassador to the surface world. Uh, we certainly don't have any authority to give you that title, but uh, we'd still love a simple interview with you. Here are your fishtails nonetheless. Uh, yeah, f- fishtails, right. Um, absolutely. Our tale begins thousands of years ago with the Assyrian goddess Atargetus. You're kicking it off with an Assyrian goddess? God, the suspense is already killing me. Deeply smitten was she with her human lover, until one day, by accident, she brought onto him an untimely death. Stricken with grief and disgust in her own skin, the goddess cast herself into the sea, transforming into a mermaid, and in doing so, became the very first of our kind. Yeah, I just figured one day a man and a fish up in, well, you know, like, like that lighthouse movie. I haven't seen Lighthouse, but I can read between the lines. Like, ill? <laughs> Wowzers, what a thoroughly dramatic origin you got there. Here I thought your story would begin with Poseidon and the Greek sirens or something akin. Uh-huh. The Greek sirens were actually the most common misconception when discussing Murpho. You see, while we and the Greek sirens, such as those in Homer's The Odyssey, do share a similar pastime of luring sailors to their gruesome and abrupt deaths, they were not mermaids. No, Greek sirens were half-human, half-bird. Wait a gosh darn minute. 
I thought them Greek bird folks was harpies. They, too, were part human, part bird, but they were different in agenda. They never took interest in tempting sailors to crash upon the rocks. So why is the term siren so often confused with mermaid? Don't get me wrong. The two words have become all but synonymous in this day and age. Even we merfolk have adopted it. But the original Greek sirens were changed to mermaids when their stories were rehashed by Christians in the medieval maps and bastiaries. Uh, but why though? How am I supposed to know? Why don't you go ask the Christian? There are still plenty of them, I hear. <laughs> yeah, I'll just drop that question at the next revival. Uh, hey, Preach, why'd y'all change them sirens to mermaids in your medieval bestiaries? <laughs> sure, that'll go over well. Nope. So, siren is fine, but you are technically a mermaid, just so we're on the same page. Precisely. You're getting it. The old English mer, meaning sea, and maid, meaning, well, me, a young lady. So, siren, mermaid, merfolk. Anything else we're missing? Oh, gosh. Uh, people have been calling us so many names over time. Let's see. Um, have fun. Serenias, uh, Nigaios, uh, Nirads, Nyads, Oceanids, Sea Maids, Water Nymphs, Submariners. Honestly, the list is exhausting. And I'm sorry if I butchered some of those names. One can only be fluid in so many surface languages. So your lineage is said to date all the way back to the mists of ancient Assyria. You merfolk have quite the history, yet have remained a mystery for so long. Have we, though? <laughs> there has been evidence of us worldwide for centuries. Depictions of my people go back to Mesopotamia during the old Babylonian period, for goodness sakes. Yeah, they sure do. It's pretty remarkable how you folks have been represented nearly all over the planet by different people throughout different time periods. Yet, y'all still remain a mystery. Why come? Well, as a general rule, we are not permitted to visit the surface world beyond beckoning unwitting humans to the fathoms below for, you know, food and stuff. Wait, you eat humans? Usually. Well, sometimes hunters will catch a release. Jesus, that's... that's cannibalism. <laughs> we aren't human. Well, but you're half human. Why don't you eat something else like... like... Like fish? Uh, you know that wouldn't be any less cannibalistic by your principle. And anyway, we enchant the humans into drowning first, and then we eat them. A far cry kinder than you people treat your animals, I'd say. I think we veered way off topic. <laughs> Why, if y'all merfolk been around for so long, isn't your existence as factual as any other creature on the planet? <laughs> Mermaids are victims of fantasy. It's common knowledge that humans anymore will pass us off as a figment of their imagination, even if there's evidence to the contrary. And even if a person stands by their claim with conviction, most onlookers are just assumed to have witnessed some other marine animal, and we merfolk wouldn't have it any other way. As a former history teacher, we reviewed Christopher Columbus's voyage to the critically inaccurately named New World, and it seems he legitimately believed to have spotted mermaids. <laughs> Only we can safely speculate now that he actually mistook manatees for mermaids, just as he mistook Cuba for modern-day China. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Christopher Columbus is considered an imbecile, even in submariner cultures. But you are correct. 
poor manatees were mistaken for my people and described as homely by Columbus as if he was one to talk. <laughs> Quite frankly, it is known in our history that we merfolk never appeared to him above water, rightfully afraid that he might seek to harm us. That Columbus sure did love him some genocide, so good call on that one. I mean, Columbus wasn't alone. However, in terms of mistaken identity, manatees and their dugon cousins have been taken for mermaids all throughout history. For that matter, dolphins and even seals also have been known to inspire many a sailor's imagination. What's amazing to me that these weren't just any old sun-baked sailors, but famous seasoned explorers who took mermaid sightings to heart. What the fuck is an explorer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And notably, among our kind were captains, let's see, um, Henry Hudson, Richard Whitbourne, and none other than John Smith. Henry Hudson? As in like the Hudson Bay and River up north? Yeah, indeed, the very chum. I actually did hear about this one. Henry Hudson himself never witnessed a mermaid, but locked that several of his sailors did. He took it as fact, and why not? It was 1608, and the territories only recently explored by Europeans. Mermaids were just as real as anything else as far as they knew. In a world of, uh, let's see, 20-foot snakes, um, poison-toed aquatic mammals, talking birds, dragons... Huh? Is it really a stretch to believe in merfolk? Dragons? Dragons? Y yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're real dragons? Yeah, in, in Komodo. Uh-oh, yeah, Komodo dragons, right. Ah, uh, don't worry, buddy. I know how much you love dragons. And we'll find one eventually. Uh, so, Crescendia, I, I know about Hudson, but could you tell us any more about Captain Whitbourne? Of course. Uh, Captain Richard Whitbourne's sighting took place in 1610, merely two years after Hudson's lock. Whitbourne, Whitbourne was allegedly terrified as a mermaid tried to climb aboard three different boats. But the sailors beat the poor Mergul until she finally fled. Yikes. Well, I found his official account on my phone, and, uh, wow. Captain Whitbourne wrote all this. Now, alone, I will not omit to relate something of a strange creature, which I saw in the year of 1610. In the morning early, as I was standing by the riverside in the harbor of St. John's, which very swiftly came swimming towards me, looking cheerfully on my face, as it had been a woman, by the face, eyes, nose, mouth, chin, ears, neck, and forehead, it seemed to be so beautiful, and in those parts, so well proportioned. <whistles> Having round about the head many blue streaks resembling hair, but certainly weren't no hair. No hair, no hair. I picture her hair like the spines of a lionfish. You know, only blue? Do mermaids have hair like that? Um, not unless it was a targetess herself, or, hmm, perhaps another one of the ancient ones? We have hair just like humans do. See? Oh, that's absolutely magical. Thanks. I love the way the water flies off it as you whip your hair back and fart. How do you do that? Where there's a willow, there's the way. And speaking of Smith, John Smith saw mermaids too, you said, right? I did. Blows my mind. I mean, I know Disney fudged up the accuracy of John Smith's Jamestown expedition pretty royally, but you'd reckon of all things that mermaid would be the part that Disney actually kept. I mean, it's historical and fantasy at the same time. What more do they want? Oh, don't even get me started about Disney... 
I've heard what they did to Pan Christian Anderson's beautiful haunting tale. They spun a noble-hearted mermaid into an angsty boy crazy brat willing to compromise her entire kingdom just to hook up with a man she's never even met. Worse yet, the movie enables her behavior by the end. Yeah, I always had a hunch that King Triton just gave her legs to get her the hell away from the rest of the merfolk. And good riddance. (sighs) Disney left us merfolk out of Pocahontas and rendered us utterly forgettable in Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, thinking on it, has Disney ever done right by your folk? Hmm. Well, they got us down pretty accurately in Peter Pan, but J.M. Barry did the heavy lifting for that one. Alright, how about we play a fun little game now? Oh, of course, I love games! The funner and the littler, the better! Well, this and here is a game we like to play on the tailgate called Is This You? We're going to show you images and footage of alleged mermaids, and you tell us if it's you. Well, not you per se, but your kin with the fins. Your fin kin. Oh, okay, easy enough. I'm ready to dive in. Perfect. And for those of you listening at home, work, or on the go, you can find these images and more by following our Instagram at the Tailgate Podcast. All right. Well, the first picture here is the depiction of a mermaid. The depiction of a merman? Depiction of a mermex. Eh, whatever. Um, it's one of the very earliest surviving depictions of merfolk. So tell me, is this you? Oh, how beautiful. Hmm. Iron Age, I'd wager. Hmm. Many people have attributed these early depictions to Dagon, an ancient Canaanite and Mesopotamian god associated with fertility. I'm going to say no, though, sadly. This is not a merfolk. Well, this image is of a merfolk, but Dagon was probably not, I mean. Old Babylonian and ancient Assyrian art often depicted merfolk, though, correct? Correct, just like this one here. But the association with Dagon and mermen didn't come until later, probably due in part to the Phoenicians. Now, based on my notes, the Phoenicians, creator of the modern-day alphabet, if Epcot taught me anything... (laughs) Our master mariners, as they were, and certainly believed in mermaids. The word dag literally meant fish. So are you saying that this simple coincidence changed Dagon's entire iconography? More or less. And I just found some professional opinions to back this up. Doctor of Theology, Harmit Schmierkel, certainly found Dagon's merman likeness disagreeable, asserting Dagon's aquatic affiliations harken back to the Phoenician language, like you said. Furthermore, some rabbis like Gil Student of Jewish Bible Quarterly believes that Dagon's name is suspiciously close to Dagan, meaning grain, relating him back to a god of fertility, not the ocean. Hmm. I wish we had touch-activated tablets like this in the ocean. Apart from the surfers and seamen carrying them into the waves, only to lose them into the sea by accident. Yeah, I imagine battery acid is pretty harmful to aquatic life. Battery acid is harmful to all life. Touche. There's a print from an anonymous Russian folk artist from 1866 depicting a mermaid and a merman with a ship sailing casually in the background. Chrysandia Coral Finn. Is this you? What's she doing to the merman anyway? Removing a lamprey? <laughs> this looks like merfolk in true form. While they do appear to be floating above the water almost in full body, they are probably just resting in the shallows. Huh. As for the lamprey, 
this particular piece of folk art could be using a serpentine creature as a parallel to Adam and Eve. Who knows? Very allegorical. Now, here's the most infamous mermaid of all, the Fiji mermaid. Tell me now, is this you? And Lord God, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, please tell me it isn't. (laughs) No. This taxidermy nightmare fuel is the unholy amalgam of a juvenile monkey sewn onto the hide of some poor fish. This particular hoax has crept its way into pop culture, been reproduced countless times, sold as novelty souvenirs, and even created out of Rain Wilson in Rob Zombie's cult horror classic, The House of a Thousand Corpses. Two wrongs don't make Dwight. Finally, we have actual video footage from Israel in, I think, 2013. Not long after the Yeriat Yam sightings in 2009. Watch this video here and tell us. Is this you? Oh, you know, this actually caused a lot of buzz in our communities because this does look to be legit enough to pass as a mermaid. However, it does beg the question, why would a mermaid just chill with her back turned to human onlookers? It makes no sense unless she had a death wish. I mean, that paired with how amazingly talented people have gotten over the years with these uh, film tricks. I'd have to say, this could be authentic, but not likely. Oh, well, that's cool. Finally, I uh, saw a curious image in Berlin's National Gallery upon visiting one time by an artist named Franz von Stuck, a 1918 oil painting entitled Fawn and Mermaid. This depicts a rather jovial pair emerging from the surf with the mermaid riding on the top of the satyr's shoulders like a kid at Disneyland, but using a pair of leg-like fins to wrap around them. She has a striking resemblance to another famous merlady and a perfect segue into the next part of our show where we discuss the mermaid's influence on pop culture. The mermaid has been at the forefront of fantasy since, well, gosh darn near the dawn of recorded history. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, look at us. We look exactly like you do. I mean, waist up, anyhow. People can relate to things that look and speak like they do. I mean, think about it. Mermaids, minotaurs, centaurs, harpies. These enduring and fantastic creatures all have one thing in common, and that's the human image. Never thought about it quite like that, but I think you are on to something. Now back to the oil painting of the two-tailed mermaid. I've actually worked for a company sporting arguably the most globally iconic image of a mermaid, Starbucks. Here's the logo right here. Now, you may notice something funky going on there. Ah, Starbucks coffee. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, how do you know about Starbucks coffee? You live in the ocean. (laughs) Look around you at all of these beach bums. You'd cry if you knew just how much of these plastic Starbucks cups and straws the uplanders discard into our ocean, among so many other non-biodegradable garbage. Partially, the reason we feel so little empathy about calling you folks into the sea. So yes, I am more than familiar with this particular two-tailed mermaid. And for the record, this image is far from modern. Well, if it makes you feel any better, they have reduced the amount of plastic straws they've given out, so... Eh? Yeah, something. Hmm. Anyway, the company admits this image was based on a 16th century Norse woodcut. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. But long before this Norse woodcut, there was an artist much further south, sometime in the 1160s, an Italian monk by the name of Patalione and his creative team of artists are said to have constructed a dazzling cathedral adorned with images of astonishing figures. Joining the colorful cast of Adam and Eve, Thinxes, and even Alexander the Great was the curious image of a green-scaled mermaid with two tails. Ugh, what I would have given to be able to see this. Uh, fortunately for you, as you've seen, I got my phone right here. It's outdated, but it works. So how about I do a little image search right quick and... Uh, here we go. The mosaic at Ontranto Cathedral. Why do you reckon uh, the split tails, though? Uh, you only seem to have one. Wow, what a beautiful image. <laughs> I believe the two tails were representative of fertility. Yikes. Double the tails equal double the babies. Double the yikes. <laughs> Don't feel ashamed of the imagery. We merfolk have ancient images of humans with double waists, Four legs like dangling around like a bunch of fleshy lobsters. It's silly to be sure, but hey, <laughs> baby making was a big business back in the day, and myths reflected that. Now, it's funny we bump into you here in Florida, because long before Walt Disney World came to town, there were the Weeki Watchy Mermaids in Weeki Watchy Springs. Uh, is that the old tourist trap with the young ladies in mermaid garb who perform underwater for tourists using air tubes to breed? Ugh, I have been shown. Those magnificent girls. And might I say, what a splendid job they do portraying us. And just so you know, for humans, these girls are the most highly regarded to us true merfolk. Damn, and they've been here forever. Well, my if you consider 1947 forever. <laughs> well, not to mention this classic roadside attraction still has a functional moldomatic. Moldo what? Uh, Moldomatic? You know, it's like them machines, which they got like the, the clamp molds, they, they clamp together, and, and they make you a plastic souvenir to take home. Well, like a buck or two. Yeah, I'm, it's not ringing any bells, I'm afraid. Maybe it's just a Florida thing. Well, maybe. Oh, uh, listen, you Uplanders have been absolutely wonderful, but I'm afraid I gotta go. Um, if I don't pass my calling test, my mama's gonna kill me. Do you know how many sand dollars this sirens will cost? Uh, I do not know how many the sand dollars sirens will cost. Um, <clears throat> but not sure I can in good conscience just let you go off and kill a person like you tried on us earlier, even if siren school does cost a lot of sand dollars. Hmm, how about that dude over there? Um, that's, you know, blasting music and throwing bread at the seagulls? The one wearing the, uh, ooh, FBI female body inspector tank top oh come on bread of the sea yeah lord almighty you can have that guy good wonderful <laughs> now before you swim off killing folk i do have one last question for you oh sure thing uh, how do you know so dang much about human history like either you just made up every date and figure on the fly with precision or you're actually extremely well versed in human culture yeah i was wondering that myself mermaids are pretty exclusively aquatic what gives <laughs> well, there's an easy answer, and that one brings us full circle. Remember my ancestry began with the Assyrian goddess Atargetus? She was originally among humankind. Mm. We merfolk have historically always had a terrestrial network of good people who keep us in the know with their history. Juice. 
Ham Christian Anderson being one of the very more noteworthy affiliates. Oh, jumping Jesus. I didn't know y'all were so, I don't know, involved. It's good to know that some humans in Merfolk can live harmoniously, even if it is beneath a shroud of secrecy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And thank you so, so much. And, and listen, you two literally are the best. You have absolutely shattered numerous surface dweller stereotypes and been so kind to me. And I hope I have helped you clear up a few questions that you've had about us, Morfolk. You sure did. It's been an absolute splash meeting you, Crescendia. And for you folks at home, we encourage you to send us any questions or new information you may have about today's episode. <laughs> Bye for now, Crescendia. And good luck with Siren School. <laughs> Bye, beaches! Uh, they grow up so fast. Oh, be sure to return in two weeks for our next episode. Yep, yep. Uh, shoot us an email at thetailgatepodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at the Tailgate Podcast for photos, cast info, updates, and more. And there she goes. Whoa, check out the babe. Smooch City, here I come. Whoa, wait, what the heck? <laughs> See you later, Tailgaters. Bye-bye. Thank you all for joining us on this latest episode. Crescendia the Mermaid was played by Samela Samuel. Follow her adventures and cosplay on TikTok and Instagram at LadyZimmy underscore cosplay. Aaron the Cheesehead is played by Aaron Sherry. You can check him out on the YouTube channel, so can you, and at Instagram at Aaron Unabridged. Harrison the Florida Man is played by Harrison Foreman. Theme song is performed by Matt Jones. This episode is written and edited by Harrison Foreman. <laughs>